I'm looking at it like, why is she single? Why is she still single? Why didn't she, why hadn't she got married or whatever? I want to know, and I'm going to ask those questions. I, I need to know what happened and what, what brought you to this point. Uh, and, and if you can explain it and it makes sense to me, then cool. We can rock with it. I don't want to explain myself that, to you. Okay. Then stay single. I don't care. Like <laughs> you don't have to do anything, but I don't have to date you either. What up, what up, what up, what up is three brothers? No sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. I see you over there with your three brothers drip on buff. Might make me get up and go get something out of the closet, bro. Fellas, it's been a good week. Tell the people what's on your mind. Well, first off, you need to introduce us as the nappy finalist. Three brothers, no sense. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, shout out to the listeners and the voters, man. We uh, found out that we are finalists for the local podcast for a Nappy Award. And now that we're finalists, like we always wanted it, but now we really want it. It's in reach now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yes. we we started off the we started off the season with no number one draft picks, a rookie head coach, no superstars. <laughs> now we done made the playoffs. It's like, hey, let's go for it, baby. So voting yeah, starts Cinderella story, baby. Yeah, voting starts this Wednesday, May fourth, throughout the rest of the month. Uh, so just be checking our posts on Facebook and uh, Instagram on how to vote. We'll remind you. Uh, but yeah, help us help us win that award. We we definitely uh, want to go for it. And they can vote. They can vote up to what five times a day. It's once once I think it's once a day. Oh, it's once a day. Okay, once a day, but they can vote every day. So don't just vote and 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 dip out. Vote every day. Go back, vote. So we're going to be posting a good bit about it over the next week to remind you to go vote every day. Go vote. Go vote. Go vote. Hey, That's all and, I want for and, Christmas and, is my nappy, bro. And, and shout out to uh, Inspire You, who we partnered with. They also exactly. are finalists for uh, best marketing. So three brothers, Inspire You on air. We trying to bring home the awards. We trying to bring home the trophies, baby. So we trying um, to sweep, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I got, man, is uh, HBO Max has "We Own the City" that just started this week. Uh, it's produced by The Wire's David Simon, and if you're looking for that, The Wire nostalgia. This is the show for you. We own this city. It features your man from Walking Dead and who played the Punisher. What's his name? Uh. Burt, John Berthold, something like that. But he played the Punisher and he played uh, he Berthold. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And he was uh, Rick's, well, he was Rick's friend until he started smashing his wife on Walking Dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But um, he's one of the lead characters. Marlo is on there. Poot. Uh, a lot of Wire characters on there. So uh, it's a good show. And it's based on um, so Baltimore City Police had this unit called the Gun Trace Task Force. And shameless plug, Frank and I on the other podcast, I do Politically Entertaining, we covered this story a couple of years ago. We had WBL's Jane Miller on there to talk about it. But, you know, <clears throat> they were tasked with getting guns off the street, but they started getting wild, man. They started like, you know, like robbing drug dealers, running up in their house, pulling kick doors and everything, man. So uh, first episode is out. Check it out. And that's all I got. 
Well, I'm glad you didn't have a whole lot because I got a whole lot to talk about. So first of all, we'll start with HBO Max. Uh, and I don't know if you know, but uh, Kite Man, f- yeah, Kite Man got a spinoff. And so they uh, greenlit that. So he was hilarious. Kite Man was hilarious in Harley Quinn, man. I don't know how, so, yeah. uh, uh, how a spinoff is going to go. He reminds me of Johnny Bravo. <laughs> exactly. Superhero. So, yeah. Like he was a he was a villain though. He wasn't a superhero, was he? Who? Kite Man. Kite Man was a villain. Eh. Kinda. Yeah. All of them were villains. Eh, mm. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I'm kinda excited about that. So we'll see how that is. Uh Ozark, the second half of the season started. So that's dropped on Netflix. So if you haven't watched that and you're an Ozark fan, go grab that and watch that. But I never gave a review of the Sonic the Hedgehog 2. So I just want to say Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was awesome. I know I said I was excited to go see it. It was awesome. It was really, really good. And now it is officially the highest grossing video game movie or adaptation ever. So um, Sonic 1 had took it before and so it just made more than Sonic uh, 1 so it is the highest grossing video game movie in the world but I think every video game movie has sucked can't think of one good one Mario Brothers sucked <laughs> Mortal Kombat sucked that Mortal Kombat 1 was actually pretty good no or 2 sucked no the new the no, new Mortal Kombat no. was horrible mm, what else came out yeah, there hasn't been very, very many good ones. Street Fighter. Did they have a Street Fighter? They did have a Street Fighter. Street, street Fighter, Fighter was even yeah. worse than Mortal Jean-Claude Kombat. That was horrible. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm going to have to think about it. I, I, there, about, there's some good Tomb ones Raider? out there. There's some good videos. Tomb game. Raider good? Tomb Raider? Uh, but, yeah. Tomb Raider might be. Yeah. Tomb Raider might be the best series. Yeah. Silent Hill. Silent Hill was a good one. Uh, if you like uh, horror and, and like jump scares and stuff like that. So it was a really good one. Um trying to think oh and the other uh, movie if you want to see with your kids is the bad guys so that was actually really really good if you want to you know your your elementary age kids want to go have a good family movie night the bad guys is actually really really good so that was my all my reviews only the thing i got left is shout out to morris brown that got their accreditation back after 20 years. They're the only HBCU ever to have lost their accreditation and got it back. So uh, shout out to Morris Brown. Um, you're an accredited college or university again. Yay. I remember going there. I think they had maybe undergrad summit or there, something there. The year they lost their accredi- accreditation. I, re- I remember that. I was a Neo. So, mm-hmm. man, that, that might have been my first undergrad summit. 2000. Yeah. 2002. Wow, yeah. it's been 20 years. Congratulations, man. Even for the staff yeah, and people sticking there. So what else? What you got, Buff? I'm out. That's all I had. I just want to talk about We Own the City and the nappies, of course. Okay. Okay. Uh, once again, congratulations to Inspire You on Air. You guys are doing it. I don't really have much outside of I am so in this. I'm about to put my hater hat on hater hat on. I'm so happy that the Nets got swept. I don't know why. It just it just touched my soul to see them. And I mean, KD played a good game and stuff like that. I want him to do his thing. But it was also I. it's almost like 
I felt like he did not respect the game and the, the grind that came with winning a championship. There was a moment when he played for Golden State and they were just dominating and he was braggadocious about how there was no competition out there and how easy it was. And in my mind, it was because you are the competition. And you went to the ops. You you left, right? You left. This is a year after you got. Uh, they came back from a three-one um, deficit, and he choked. And then you go join the ops. So I just, I just, I just. If he would have been silent and just enjoyed it and learned, I, w- I would had no problem with him. This dude got real, real big talking all that noise and now he's over there getting swept in the first round <laughs> with arguably the best guard one of the best scorers or uh, special scoring guards out there right yeah, now but he ain't show up no excuse sir he ain't show up who Kyrie Katie Kyrie but the he thing <laughs> Kyrie don't want to play basketball I dog. agree he don't want to play I agree but it, it, it's 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 always something you know it falls on the leadership right you know it's that's how it goes like We've been in leadership roles where I can't make Rizzi go, but if Rizzi doesn't show up, that falls on me. Are you ready to deal with that? And um, just like Charles Barkley said, it's different when you're driving the bus. It's different when you're the leader of the team and there's nobody to fall on. You take that because I know we're getting some haters on this because if that would have been LeBron that got swept like that, Boy, it it would have been they'd have been shouting from the rooftops. So outside of that, watching the NFL draft, I love seeing these young black men get ready to get the get their money. I love seeing the nothing the best part of the draft for me is watching the families. Is watching that mother, that father, that brother, or sister with that nigga we made it look in the eye. Because they know that their lives are about to change forever. Hopefully forever, as long as they don't blow their cash. But that I think about my mom, if if I ever would have had the talent to play football or a professional sport and make millions of dollars in that just one day we go from being, I don't even know what we were, lower class, upper, lower middle class, whatever we were, to we rich. Not wealthy, you're just rich. That that has to be great. Just watch the families, especially and them. They're getting more and more foreign foreign players, like from Nigeria and other parts of Africa. I love seeing that these families that have you saw it in basketball for a while, but the families who picked their families up, moved to America to let their kids pursue their dreams or jump on opportunity. It always makes me think of King Richard. Would I do that for my family? Would I stop what I'm doing and say, all right, we're moving to Los Angeles or we're moving to Florida. So you can go be a gymnast, a basketball player, a football player, whatever. These people travel halfway around the world to give their kids the opportunity to fulfill their dreams. So when I see that dream fulfilled, it it um, there's a special place in my heart for those families. We don't call uh, Richard Williams a genius enough. Either a genius or a prophet or both. For for him to tell his wife 
we need to have two more daughters, and they're gonna be tennis stars. You know what I mean? Like they weren't even born yet. Is, is that how, is that how it happened? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's wild, man. He like, you know, like I, you know, you know what? I'm gonna try not to bring up race this this episode. I do it every episode. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna say if he was white. I'm not gonna do it. I think I think you've already done it. Did I? I did it. Might as well go there. If he was white, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. If he I was think, white, we would be comparing him to Jeff Bezos and all these other uh, so-called smart billionaires, uh, Elon Musk or somebody like that who just bought Twitter. By the way, um, yeah, that's that's dog. That's prophetic. That's genius. <laughs> It's it's I didn't, all I didn't, of that, I didn't know what went down like yeah, that. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So, but he had a bunch of daughters. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, you know, I play things out of my head. So, how many daughters did he have before them? What was it? Like three? Was it? I don't know. Three, four. No. I I don't know how many were were his versus like he, they were a blended family. Yeah. So he had a bunch of kids outside of that relationship. Their mom had some kids before they got together, so I don't know which ones is actually his or not. But there was like four girls and two boys or whatever total uh, how, outside of Venus and Serena. However, it goes. Do you remember that it was a few years ago where they had this high school uh, football phenom, the coldest to ever do it? Yeah, we made a poster right. About it. Yep. Mm-hmm. To me, I wonder what the rest of his siblings' names were. It's like you got Bruce. <laughs> John, the coldest. It goes in that same mentality where it's you got all these kids. It's like, okay, John, yeah, Rosie, mm, buff, mm, nah, baby, we need to have two more kids, um, so we can get these tennis stars. Like you just literally passed over every one of your kids. Like, yeah, we gonna have to start from scratch. It's not looking at you know your young two sisters over there just twirling uh, tennis rackets and say they got it it's they haven't been born we gotta have two more kids because y'all niggas can't cut it and I, and I don't <laughs> it's like the and, and for the ladies the uh, the mother she did her part too she was out there working with Venus and Serena too it wasn't all Richard but the fact that he came up with the idea and they had Venus he's like oh I need one more I need two tennis stars but, two but be- <laughs> Yeah, why not? Why not stop at one? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm mean, Richard. We can just stop at one. Nah, baby, we need two. I mean, what's the point of having one tennis star? Crazy. It's um, I mean, guess and shout my- out to like all the parents out there like that are are putting in that work for their kids. Like you said, the folks that moved halfway across the world, but just that normal mom dad that's you know, poo, my sister that's every weekend is on travel ball they're in some new city the, the amount of money you have to spend to do travel and play year round and you're at the park three four times a, a, a week like that's crazy and then and that's the regular practice and then you got pitching practice or batting practice or whatever that's outside of that like the amount of work that parents have to put in to get those kids to that level I mean, they deserve those houses. They deserve those cars that those kids buy them uh, because they put in a lot of work. So shout out to all the moms and dads out there that's doing it, that I know you're tired. I know you 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 don't want to go to the park and sit and watch the kid or whatever, but you're doing it just to, to because that's what they love and, and, that, and you see that in them. So, you know, shout out to y'all. I'm going to uh, default to the old Negro adage, y'all better than me. Cause I ain't got it, bro. 
I just I just sit there and say, how do you do it? I barely want to do what I do on a daily basis. And then you got to hold raising athletes. It's almost like another full time job. And maybe because even though I played sports, I would never consider myself an athlete. And so a lot of these people who were into athletics, I did stuff because it was fun and I had natural abilities. And when it got tough, I was like, yeah, I'm good. These people that just went through and because I could I could have really did something in track and probably soccer. It's just I love track. I loved everything about track, but running. And so when it comes down to it, I just can't see myself. And I say that now, but I, I just can't see myself pushing my kids that to that level. Now, I will. I want to support my kids. You know, I will support my kids, but there's people that push their kids to that next level. All righty, fellas. Razi, is Sophia available? She is. She is. We, we recorded early enough, so she hasn't gone to sleep yet. Hold on. Let me go get her. Hey, Sophia. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You, do you have a good joke for us today? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's hear it. What do you call a zombie that writes music? <laughs> I got nothing. A decomposer. <laughs> I, have an ex- I have a bonus joke today. Bonus joke. Yay. Yeah. What do you call a cow that's in a band? <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing, Sophie. <laughs> A musician. That's kind of cheating. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. (laughs) I would have never got that one. Bye-bye. That little girl. She's sweet. Were you taking notes, Rosie? I I, I just can't smile and sound cute like that. You got to know your your angle, sir, and you just got to figure it out. She's a natural. She is. She is. It's the cuteness. I told you. It's the Rudy effect. Sounds like hate. If you say so. I mean, I'm not the one hating on my um, eight-year-old daughter. <laughs> She's not really funny. She's just cute. That's that's how you sound. <laughs> oh man! All right, who who's up? Who's up first today? Not I. I think I think it's on Buff actually. Oh yeah? Okay, well check this out. You guys can answer this Uh-oh. one way or both ways if you like. Uh, but we all well Ferg and I met one another in middle school. The three of us uh, collectively in high school. Um, <clears throat> you could treat it like a two-part question if you like. So during, during that age, what was your biggest fear of getting old? Or you can take it to how old we are now. We're all 41. Well, Rosie will be in a couple of months. But we're essentially all 41. So I guess at this age, I guess like 80s and 90s is considered old. So what are your biggest fears of getting old? You can take it from this age or you can take it from what were they what they were back then. Yeah, it's it's very different. Like that definitely is a two part question because you know when in high school old was yeah, forty exactly. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> oh, it's 30 something. We, we, yeah. we waving at our high school selves now, like, hey, we made it. We old. <laughs> I mentor it and be like, y'all, y'all, y'all hope to be as cool as cool as me when y'all get my age. Yeah, yeah. And mm. we're saying, um, you know, it, it's it's so funny. We we're at the age now where we can look at 50 year old women and be like, oh, she's still hot. I was like, oh, oh man, I'm old. I'm really old. <laughs> but um, just don't say that out loud. It's <laughs> internalizing and hearing it are two different things. You know, you know, you know, you don't think. Don't you don't think. You don't I ain't got think. no filter. But um, I I think in high school or you know when I was younger, I think the my biggest fear of getting old was like just being broke, which you know the whole finance and all of that. I was just really worried about not having money and and because I, <clears throat> you know, when we, where we grew up, we saw a lot of middle aged and older people that just didn't have money, yeah. that didn't have, you know, could barely pay their bills and stuff like that. And so that was my biggest fear, I think, um, is growing up and not being able to live, like live my life and enjoy it and everything like that. So that was my biggest fear. Now, I... I think it's I've been watching This Is Us I'm catching up finally caught up you know the mom uh, she's getting Alzheimer's now and it's super hard for her to remember and she's forgetting and everything and I I really do think that's my biggest fear right now is not being able to remember not being able to remember the good times and and, and the bad times truthfully I mean you know sometimes you want to reminisce about those bad times too and, and just being a funk especially the good times and not being able to remember the kids and what they looked like. Uh, There's an episode now where, you know, she is calling Kevin Jack, just confusing everything. Uh, So I think that really is my biggest fear now is I guess guess health in, in general, not just not being able to remember, but just, you know, my biggest fear is just not being healthy. Um, and, and kind of going that downward spiral, you know, I saw it with my dad and, and everything. And I'm just so fearful of that. Like I always said, I wanted to, you know, make 75 and just like, boom, I'm done. (laughs) Cause I don't want to go down that route. So any, any type of like progressive health issue, I'm super scared of, I'm, I'm right now I'm super scared of it. And so that's a lot of why, um, you know, I maintain my a healthy lifestyle. I don't, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't, you know, I, I drink on occasion, but I really don't do much of that. Cause I like my dad didn't drink, but he had liver problems. So I'm like, okay, I, that, that's a, that's a medical history for me. So I definitely know that I got to be careful with it. Right. I, I, I'll throw it out there. I'm to the point where I'm taking Metamucil in the morning, keep my fiber so I can keep my cholesterol down. Like it's, it's, it's that to the point where I'm like, I'm thinking that long term where I can make sure I'm staying healthy, following up whatever my doctor tells me to or whatever, just so that I don't get to that point where it's something that was preventable or something Mm -hmm. that if I had just changed a little bit, I could have avoided it. So, yeah, that's that's my biggest fear right now. So, yeah, I understand everything you're saying. So I'm going to try to change it up a little bit. So my first one. When I was young, I just didn't want to be that guy. 
we all have that family member, that church member that that just looks like they had a hard, bad life. You know, they standing on the corner, you know, asking for change, like whatever happened in their life. I just didn't want to be that guy. Um, you talk about not being broke. I never really thought I would be broke. I thought I'd be at least functional. You know, I always assumed I would be functional because I've seen my family members, dad, my mom, fam- they were, they found a way to function and they never made a whole lot of money, but they made, they made ends meet. You know, I think the mm-hmm. average American, you know, maybe living check to check, but I didn't want to be the guy in the corner that was doing that because it was just, as you all know, my dad passed uh, about a, going on two months now. Um, he knew everybody and so I'll be riding with him or walking with him and he'll give me the story oh man that's da 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 man he was captain of the football team and he's giving me this whole story of all these people that were successful or the prom king the prom queen she was Miss Miss Murphy she was this person and you look up and they're standing out in front of K&R you know they stand out you know walking down uh, my drive strung out on I just and I never knew how that happened I didn't think these were bad people and I always questioned how does that happen how do you get here I don't think when they were my age they're like you know what I can't wait to turn 32 so I can be strung out on drugs said nobody ever right and so I just didn't but you I felt like I saw it a lot and I just wondered how people got there and I just was fearful that that could potentially happen to me so the second question I actually have three answers the first one is not getting old not being here the things you're talking about Rizzi as far as taking Metamucil and all that stuff I haze myself and when I don't do right I, I, I get angry with myself. It's just more stress. It's just unhealthy as well. But not being here, you know, I want to walk my kids down the aisle. I want to see my grandkids. I want in a long time from now, I want to be here. You know, Rise is talking about 75. I want to stretch this thing out. I want to see generations of Ferguson's. But more importantly, I want to be here for my wife and kids. And so that's a fear of mine. When you hear people dying at, you know, you'll look up, you'll turn on TMZ. This actor died at 52. That's 11 years from now, bro. You know, I want to live more than another 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. That is scary. The second thing is, like Rozzy says, your health. I don't want to get old and just be completely unhealthy, especially where I can't take care of myself. The the mother on This Is Us, she's a, she's a hazard to herself. She can't really, she can't function without somebody watching her. I mean, she can get lost. She, she never knows what's going on. She, she's in and out of, I guess reality is the best word to use. Mm-hmm. So that's that. There's that. There's the, you know, my dad had a stroke. There's so many things, health issues that can happen. 
I walk in and out of clinics every day because I'm in medical sales and I see people with different ailments. And, you know, that person walking around with a cane or a walker or, you know, that's in a in a wheelchair. And it's just. They weren't always like that. They were my age. They were probably walking around, maybe dunking basketballs. If you you just never know what people's life lives were like before they ended up there. And the last one, and it's probably no surprise, is leaving with nothing. Being on this earth for however long and the day I walk away, the day I'm no longer here, the world is no better than it was the day I entered. My family's no better off. I have not contributed to the, the growth, the longevity of, you know, the legacy of my wife and kids. It's what have you done? And what do you have to show for the 60, 70, 80 years you've been on Earth? Because there are people who are burying family members with debt, a lot of um, animosity, bad feelings, broken relationships, a lot of stuff, just un unresolved issues. And I just don't want that to be me. I want to make an impact while I'm here. So. Yeah, and 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 an impact beyond the church. Not to say that's not a good thing, but I I see I, you go to a lot of funerals, and it's like in the church, and the church members are like, "Oh, they were such a good person," yada yada yada. But then nothing else, right? That that's it. So it, it's going beyond that and and into the community, uh, the larger community, not just your small circle. I guess I should have known you guys were gonna uh, do well with this question. I didn't realize how parallel our answers would be, especially mine with yours, Rozzy. Um, So I'll start with when we were younger. My biggest fear when I was younger was just like figuring out life. Like, what what was I going to be? You know, what was I going to do to make money? Uh, what type of family and home would I have? Things like that. Um, just, just figuring out everything because I'm not one of those kids that was like, I can't wait till I become an adult. I knew being an adult had a had a lot of responsibilities and stuff. I ain't want no part of that. I mm-hmm. like the fact that my responsibility was keeping my room clean and doing my homework. That's it. I ain't got to worry about bills. You wanted to be a Toys R Us kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ain't have to worry about what tax form I need. You know what I'm saying? None of that. So that was my biggest fear. Um, but now, especially listening to Rosie, like, you know, I have two parents that died before they were 70. And Rosie said, you know, he wants to make it to 75. My number was always 80. I was like, you know what? Just let me make it to 80 after that. I- I'll check out if-, if need be. But 75, 80, like I said, I have two parents that passed away before they even reached 70 and both had cancer. And that's heavy on my mind. So much so that I remember, you know, my mom had brain cancer. And she was forgetting things, and we just thought it was just typical. Ah, uh, you getting like we used to even joke about it sometimes. Like she, you know, will forget something. Like, ah, that's that age. That's that age kicking in. You know, when she passed away, I for a few immediate months after she passed, something that I really got sensitive about is when I'm having a conversation with somebody, and they would say, "You don't remember I told you that? You forgot?" Like it, it cut me so much so that I had to like tell Tabitha, listen, it may sound stupid, but right now 
don't say that to me. Cause it was like, it just brought this fear up in me. Like that's, that's how my mama started out. It's happening to me. I'm like online looking up foods to help your memory. Like Rosie said, he takes Metamucil. I read that <clears throat> blueberries, uh, dark chocolate. Uh, it was like it was like a whole list of foods that I had looked up just to help with my memory. I started doing Sudoku puzzles. I heard puzzles were good for memory. Like I was, I was really freaking out. I'm gonna shorten this up because I don't want to start getting choked up. But um, yeah, man, it's just I I think, but I, I've rambled a little bit. But overall, my biggest fear is just being a burden to people. Like Ferg said, you know, not being able to take care of yourself. I don't want that for anybody. Like. I want to be able to take care of myself, function on my own, do, you know, all the necessary things. I don't want to be a burden on anybody. And that's like a huge, a huge fear of mine. Like having to have somebody help me put my shoes on, or bathe, go to the restroom and all that kind of stuff like that. I don't, ah, I do not want that. Um, so I definitely try my best to, you know, you want to have fun. Sometimes fun includes doing unhealthy things. Uh, but I do try to be mindful and, and make healthier choices, uh, better choices, because it's always in the back of my mind. Like, yo, am I even going to like make it to, to 70? I, I definitely want to make it to 80 and I'm trying to do everything I can to live a healthy life and make it as long as possible. man. Just don't want to be a burden on my family, man. Yeah, that's that's yeah. real. So, All right, Roger. Yeah, lighten it up, oh, bro. Right. Lighten it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Because ah, mine, man, I, I was, I was gonna go dark too. So. Oh yeah. All right. So this, this, this the Gotham episode. <laughs> Just dark. <laughs> Bring it on, man. What you got? What you got? Um. Well, there's a new Tennessee bill out. I don't know if you guys have seen it. That they are trying to pass that a drunk driver that kills a parent has to start paying child oh, support for the children. Yeah. And um, I, I just wanted to kind of talk through that and, and get you guys opinions and thoughts on that. Cause it's, it's like, we, we, we hate slippery slope arguments, right? But it is, it's a slippery slope. So, you know, as soon as you, I, especially in Tennessee and in the South, right? They pass that, but Will they start to pass the, well, what about somebody that kills somebody with a gun or whatever? Is that the same thing? If they do, they have to pay child support. Like at, at what point, where do you go from here if they do pass this? So just wanted to kind of discuss that. Um, so when it comes to slippery slope things, I always say we'll worry about that. Like, so like, for instance, people say, used to say we can't have gay marriage because if you let you know, a man marry a man pretty soon. You have what happens when a man wants to marry an animal? Okay, well, okay. Two men or people, when someone wants to marry an animal, will address that and say no. That's how you handle a slippery slope. Um, we'll hear the air, animals argue. <laughs> see what they have to say. They go from Maybe they want to marry. <laughs> Who am I? You know. But um, I think I like it, man. I like it. Um, I. I, unless you guys have a compelling argument, I don't see anything wrong with that. I like that. Mm, I, I I don't. You don't like it? I mean, it's 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 it's. it's well, I like it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not gonna say I like it. I'm not gonna say I like it. I get it. Yeah. 
you know, I get it. It's the fact that because when you talk about being a drunk driver and especially if you're not going to jail after getting in the car because it's illegal to drink and drive and kill somebody. Yes, you're going to I mean, it's going to change your life. I'm not not saying I don't feel any remorse from we make we all make mistakes. We've, probably, we've all gotten behind the wheel intoxicated. Let's let's you know, I'm going to assume I, I don't know. I'm just going to assume that we've all gotten behind the wheel intoxicated. I'm big on if you make a mistake, there's consequences you have to pay. And when those consequences or when your mistakes affect other people in a life changing manner, then there are some drastic consequences. I feel like there there should this should if if this is Pandora's box of the what ifs, I'm with it because I think if if you commit a crime and your crime negatively affects or has impacts on impact on people, there should be a financial cost. Like I was thinking about this other day when I read it. Where does it stop? If you do a armed robbery or you do something like that, hypothetically. And now this person has a, a fear like they need therapy. Guess what I need you to do? I need you to pay for their therapy. Like there needs to be consequences to help the people that you have harmed. Your little whatever, whatever, you know, they already talking about child support ain't nothing. They look, your little $400 a month ain't going to bring mommy and daddy back. No. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I don't feel if you get off, you're not going to jail for that. I don't have much remorse for there being a, a financial penalty. Now they should cap it. You know, I get it. They should cap it. Um, but at the same time, it is what it is. Should they? Should they cap it? Or should they use I, I like well go go ahead, but if you were about to say something. I was gonna say, I'll, so I'll do you know in. if do you know if you have to be like drunk? Like if someone gets in an accident and they had alcohol in their system, is there like a difference? Because you can have alcohol in your system and not be drunk. But also still get in a wreck. You know what I mean? So right. Have they? Do- it, it's it's I, from what I read. It was it basically if they would if they label it a DUI or you know drunk driving accident, uh, then you get it. So you could have alcohol in your system, but sometimes you know you, you, it's not high enough, like you said, or something like that. And they don't they don't label it a, a DUI or a drunk driving accident. You know so. That's the thing. It's, it's they do a le- they if you have the legal limit uh, inside in your in your system, then they're not going to label it. So you're good. So so but I get what you guys are saying, and I and, think and that's a possible at, slippery slope right there, Ferd. Because but also look at the look at the details of the accident. Like if you look at somebody who was speeding and driving on the wrong side of the road, like my man for the Raiders, he was drunk. Yeah, yeah. like he was drunk. Yeah, but you know. They didn't. You're driving. It's raining, and they're speeding, and they they hit the brakes, and they hydroplane and hit somebody. Like there's that could happen when you're sober. You know, like there's things that happen when you're when you do stuff that is just considered like reckless driving. Yeah. See, that's where I, you know that's where I would want to. I was gonna say that. That's why I'm about to talk myself because like so. If I'm somebody in that state, I'm like, okay, 
you going up to the drunk drivers. What about the people on their cell phones? What about the people that's doing other stuff? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's because it's reckless. Yeah. When you are reckless driving, especially under the influence, you know, because there's there's accidents that can happen not because you're drunk. You have to be careful because any it's easy to throw just I'll throw throw a DUI on there. You know, how do you fight that? But when you're okay, he was doing 70 going down a one the wrong way on a one way. You can't you can't fight that. You know, it might have been a DUI, but you were doing something dumb. So it's is that. That's that's the slippery, that was kind of the, the slippery slope. Yeah, the slippery slope part of it. That's why I was probably gonna get the take the the negative side of it and kind of be the the person that goes against the grain because I don't like it. And and the reasons you guys are kind of saying is I don't think it's hey let's just carve out this ODUI and drunk driving you got to pay child support if you're going to do it do it like you said it's like if it was reckless driving any reckless driving that caused an accident should pay that child support I, I don't I don't know why you would you would carve out oh just drunk driving to do this when like you said you were on your cell phone uh, you you went down the wrong way. You were doing 55 in a 25, you know, residential area and the kid, you know, you ran over the kid. That is the same thing to me as just being drunk driving. So like you have to add so many layers in there and so much research to be like, OK, now we're going to say we're going to charge child support uh, for this person on this thing. I'm like, you should that that law should be there based on the facts of the case, not necessarily the DUI part of it. I, I, I think maybe that's a contributing factor. That's something that you can add in and be like, okay, you were doing this and you were drunk. Yes. But I'm, I'm for like a larger, I guess, law that would cover more things than just that drunk driving. Um, because we need to look at the facts of the accident, not just them being drunk. Agreed. Yeah. The number one cause of accidents in America is distracted drivers. Yeah. Now that that uh, you know, because we've all I don't know if y'all ever uh, were intoxicated and drove, but I know all everybody on this phone, you know, on this call has pulled their cell phone out while driving, and that's causing more accidents than anything. Yeah, that's the number one distraction. So if that's what's happening, yeah, I get it. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I I think it's. It's one of those things it's, it's adding a lot more complexity to the law. And and so and and you're I really feel like especially if they're drunk driving and they get off, I can see that, but then you got people that are drunk driving, they go to prison. Yeah. For you know, murdering a parent or for manslaughter, whatever they call it. So vehicular manslaughter. Those people are going to jail. Those kids aren't going to get it. So now some kids get it. Some kids don't based on the judge and whether they want to send a person to jail or not. And all. I mean, it, it's uh, I don't trust the legal system anyway. But, so but what about the kids, Rozzy? I'm going to say and now you get to see how politics works because Senator Rozzy doesn't want to punish drunk drivers. You know what I mean? That, that's how that, that's do, how do things not, get framed. Do you not like kids, Rodney? Yeah, exactly. What, what do you have against kids yep. that parents were killed by drunk drivers? So apparently, it's okay Nothing. to kill somebody's parent while driving drunk. 
and, and not have to ha- have any responsibility for it, according to Senator Rizzi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why I cannot do politics. This is why I have not done that yet. I I, I talk about it so much, but this is why I have not done it because my Dude, mouth is not gonna keep like, up. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? You're like I used to do my mama now. What do you say? <laughs> Alrighty. So what what how much time we got? Let's see if we can uh, make this quick. Got about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, we good. I'm about to go there. Uh-oh. What y'all have for dinner tonight? I had pizza. What about you, Buff? Tabitha made, I guess you can call it like Salisbury steak, but she did it with ground turkey. Cause you know, we try, I try not to eat too much beef, gravy, mashed potatoes you, you and greens. She made that today. Mm-hmm. Was your pizza from today? Rosie? Mine? Yes. 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 So nobody had leftovers. No. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's Ferg, ladies and well, gentlemen. Y'all on, that, y'all on that Kevin Samuels train, because <laughs> apparently nobody wants leftovers. So apparently, one of Kevin Samuels' latest rants that has people up in arms is about saying women who are unmarried by the age of thirty-five are considered leftovers, and. We have heard several people's opinion on that, and none of them were positive. What say ye fellas on Kevin Samuel's take on these women? So did he say nobody wants leftovers or did he just call women my, leftovers? My bad. I take it back. He didn't call them nobody wants leftovers. He just called them leftovers. Uh, thank you. I stand corrected. <sighs> well, this is all I'll say. Um, at this point, at this point, I have to believe that the people that keep sharing Kevin Samuels, like hate sharing him, like they share him just to say, oh, you know, he's probably gay. That's why he bashes women or he don't know what you're talking about. At this point, I think you secretly like that guy. Like, I haven't watched a Kevin Samuels video in months, <clears throat> yet I still somehow know most of what he's saying because people keep sharing it, even though they keep claiming they hate it. First off, the whole leftover comment is nothing different. That's not anything new. He's always said, he didn't use the term leftover, but he's always said, once women hit 30, you're in the danger zone. Okay, because he feels like the older a woman gets, the less her value is. And that you should be looking to get married in your early to mid or late 20s. Once you hit 30, you are no longer as desirable as you were in your 20s. That's not that far off from pretty much calling you leftovers. Now, I know women have been saying, well, I know plenty of men that like leftovers. Yeah, men do like leftovers. I I like leftovers. There are plenty of women that can still find a man that's 35 and single. What he's saying is your chances begin to decrease the older you get and your chances begin to decrease of finding the man that you want. You make it still find a man, but do you want him? Does he have everything that's on your list? Well, I feel like you got something to say for it. Go ahead. Buff, what's your favorite restaurant? Ooh, Del Frisco's. Have you ever gone to Del Frisco's and asked, what did they cook last night? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> answer the question. Yes or no? No. And if they were to say, hey, sir, we made a... What, what's your favorite dish at Del Frisco's? Oh, man. So glad you asked. So, they, I like how they do their steak. I get a steak. I get some lobster mac, lobster mac and cheese. And I get um, their spinach. Sounds awesome. And if you went to Del Frisco's and said, hey, sir, we have steak. I know the way you like it. Some lobster mac and cheese. But it was from yesterday. How would you feel? Uh, that's nice. But I'm need you to cook me a fresh steak. <laughs> fresh lobster mac and cheese. I don't want yesterday. Now, have you ever went to Del Frisco's and thought you were hungrier than you were? And have you ever brought that steak and lobster mac and cheese home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you heat it up? Mm-hmm. Did you like it? Delicious. 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 Yes. So there is a place for leftovers, right? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with leftovers. Nope. But it's generally not your first choice. Correct. Correct. All right. I'm sorry. I just I just want to make sure I just want to make sure I'm I'm understanding the concept right. Because leftovers <laughs> ain't bad, right? So I am going to offer a little pushback. Uh, not personally on you, Kevin Samuels, or anybody. You know, I know one of the things he likes to do is compare women to, I think, a car and all that kind of stuff. Women are not cars. They're not plates of food. They're not any of these inanimate objects that a lot of men like to compare them to. I'll just say this, though. I know you hate his delivery, ladies, but I'm going to need you to point out what he's saying. That's just completely incorrect because I've yet to find the only thing I've seen women say is that he's saying all that because he's gay, which creates a whole different issue because I see far too many people saying that they support gay and there's nothing wrong with being gay, but you somehow weaponize it and say, that's why he's doing it. So he must be gay. And that's some type of laughter you get off of that. So I'm confused on that. But I get that. I get um, he's been married twice, so he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't. He's not married, or he can't get. He hates women and all that stuff like that. I know the delivery prompts you to say that, but just if you're gonna keep listening to him, which apparently you guys are, listen to what he's saying. It's not completely incorrect. He's very tactless. Uh, and and he is wrong about some things. I've listened to his shows. Some of his stuff, I'm like, Man, what the hell are you talking about? But overall, I haven't found where he's just been completely wrong about a lot of things. I just think he offends a lot of people, which is part of his. That's what gets him the clicks. That dude has like a million subscribers or some, something like that. So yeah, he, he's more, a shock job. Yeah, the more y'all share him, the bigger he gets. So you claim you hate him, but you're helping his brand, like. Tune him out. Same, just like Candace Owens. I can't tell you nothing about her show. I only know she still has a show because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care what she has to say. Yeah. So that's all I got, man. What's it? What say you, Rozzy? I mean, <laughs> a, a, broke, a, a broke clock is right twice a uh, day. I agree with everything you guys are saying. It, it's tactless. It's horrible delivery. But the underlying message or intent of what he's saying is true. And 
ladies, you have to understand that once you get over 35, it folks love to say it's it's hard out in these streets. It's hard dating in these streets when you're in your 30s and 40s. It's 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 tough out here. That's exactly what he's talking about. It's it's like the folks that's left out there, that's the leftovers that's out there ready to date in our age group. It's that's why we consider them the leftovers. It's like you're out of 20, 30, 40 people that you're going to meet that single in their 30s, 40s. You might catch one or two that fit your list that buff said, right? Like, and so everybody else, there's something wrong that, that knocked them out of your list that you didn't want to date them or whatever. Uh, and so when you're dating somebody that's in that age group, that's the assumption. You go in like something got to be wrong with this girl. Something got to be wrong with this guy. Why are they still single at this age? Now, it granted, it might be, oh, he's a widow. Oh, she didn't do this. Oh, she concentrated on her job and, you know, um, did have some, a couple bad relationships and so just didn't happen for her. There, You can talk through that and maybe they aren't the leftover and it just so happens that, you know, they're the good leftovers, right? They're the Dara Frisco's, uh, you know, steak and lobster leftover. They're not McDonald's leftovers. Like, you can't eat McDonald's leftovers two hours after. So, being leftovers isn't necessarily a bad thing. What we're saying is that, like, you, you, you're more careful approaching people in that age group because you anticipate baggage. And that's all he's saying. And it's true. I can tell you from experience, it's true. Like I'm, I'm looking at like, I'm not going after 25, 30 year olds, but what I'm saying is like, I'm looking at it like, why is she single? Why is she still single? Why didn't she, why hadn't she got married or whatever? I want to know. And I'm going to ask those questions. I I need to know what happened and what, what brought you to this point. Uh, And, and if you can explain it and it makes sense to me, then cool. We can rock with it. I don't explain myself to you. Okay, then stay single. I don't care. Like, <laughs> you don't have to do anything, but I don't have to date you either. And so, ladies, that's what you got to understand is you're trying to capture that man and you're trying to capture his attention just like he's trying to cap- capture yours. So, yes, you do have to explain and you got to you gotta make yourself available and vulnerable to that guy um, because that's what I'm, I'm running into a lot too in this dating realm. It's like, Women don't want to make themselves vulnerable because they have baggage. They've had bad experiences and guys have kind of, you know, done them wrong and all this and that. And so now all of a sudden they they don't open up and they want to play games and they don't want to tell me what they like. And so I got to guess. And I'm always constantly having to, you know, drive the conversations and stuff. I mean, I've, I've been in conversations with women and now I'm just opening it all up for the dating game. But I've been in conversations with women where I'm like, well, what do you like to do? And they're like, well, I can't give you everything because you'll be that guy and you'll show me that and then you'll flip it later. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, we're not going to talk anymore because I I don't have time to decouple and decode and figure it out and guess when I'm trying to impress you and I'm trying to date you. Like if I'm trying to have a conversation with you, I'm trying to date you, then... Let's have a conversation. Tell me what you like so that I can show you a good time. Um, 
and and make sure that we are compatible. Because if you like things that I don't like, then we probably don't need to be talking right now. And in the woman's defense, maybe they, they don't have to tell you, right? They don't have to tell you. And maybe you should try harder. But the thing about it is it's just clashing. Like we're uh, because of we're so ground. I think with age, with age, you become more grounded in your ways. And the more we become mm-hmm. grounded in our ways, it's harder to from my experience and the people I've talked to and the things I've seen, it's harder to be open to new things. If I've been doing this for 41 years and it got me here, it's hard for me to change for you or to, you know, try to fit into your world or your thought process and play these games or you, I need somebody who's going to try to work hard to date me, whatever it is, you have the right to feel that way. You have the right not to feel that way. It's just, um, I don't know, bro. You you got you got anything else? I just it was just always that because I, I I don't want them saying, well, right, right. well, you should try harder. You being lazy. Whether he's whether he's gay or tactless, whatever it is, he better than them that uh, Derek Jackson dude. They just tell him what they want to hear. Yeah, who's talking all mm-hmm. that? And then come to find out, he's stepping out. So yeah, yeah. so. That's what y'all need to say you smoke for. Get him to smoke. So (laughs) what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a step back because we make it seem like leftovers. It sounds like a bad thing has a negative connotation. There's plenty of married people who are trash. It's not like your people are better because they're married. But we're saying if married is the end goal, there's people, there's plenty of people who are married that are miserable marriages and miserable relationships in which they were out in these streets again. At least they think they do. We're not saying and I think that's what happens is a lot of times people hear him and because of his tact, because of his delivery, everything he says is negative and it possibly can come off as an attack on them. Well, you're a leftover. Leftover means a bad thing. And it's just, no, there there is some truth to the fact that you are still in this dating world. You're still in this thing. And I talk about, and maybe I haven't mentioned it on here. We call it, I'll call it your dateability resume. As you get older, there's things that are added on your resume that might not make you as favorable as somebody else that may be younger. I'm not saying it's not. But there's there's added things on your resume. It could be the bad relationships. It can be your your unwillingness to change. And this is for men and women. But these are real realistic things that we have to or we should accept. You don't have to do anything. And I think that's all he's saying, because it's no different than your grandma was telling you, well, the, the man ain't going to wait forever. You know, when you gonna get married, that's that that's older than time. Old people have been telling people to get married while they were young because there's a whole card game when you were a kid called old maid, because as you get older. It is harder to find a suitable mate, and it seems like maybe I'm biased, but it seems like it's harder for women to find a suitable mate than it is for men. We can debate on why or if that's true, but that seems to be the reality that I see. If I know men who are decent looking guys and make a decent living, and if they really wanted to settle down and get married, they could be married in the next year, year and a half. No problem. Now, will they find a quality woman or somebody they love? Probably not. You know, but it 
it, it's easier. And I mean, old people have been saying this for years. This is not Kevin Samuels didn't invent this. He just called you a leftover. <laughs> Your grandma will call you. Oh, you you got that auntie that ain't you know that was hot when she was she was young, and now aunt da 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 so and so ain't never getting married because ain't nobody want her. She got a friend that she bring to every family reunion, a friend that she bring to every barbecue. This they knew. We've seen it. We experienced it. Some of y'all might be auntie. Some of y'all might be unk who bring a new girl home every family reunion, every whatever. Y'all might be the same people. What I'm saying is this is not new. Kevin Samuels is not reinventing the the the, the, the book. He's, he's actually saying a lot of that old people have been saying for years. He says some off the wall stuff. Don't grant it. His delivery is horrible. But at the same time, if you go listen to what he's saying, a lot of this is stuff that your grandparents were saying. A lot of the stuff is your mama and your daddy were saying. Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? What does that mean? You giving it up. Why do I want to settle down with you? You gave it up to everybody. Why do I want to settle down with you? I got the milk. Rizy got the milk. Buff got the... And you want me to choose you? Why? It's nothing new. We don't slut shame for... I'm not slut shaming. I'm just saying <laughs> these are things we've been saying for years and hearing for years. And this dude, this dude should not be made. Now that I think about it, he shouldn't even have a show. But dear them should have a show. He probably go to his grandma's house every day, listen to his aunt's talk. Like, oh, I'm gonna use that for my next show. I'm gonna call him leftover since grandma bringing some leftover uh, meatloaf out. That that's gonna get him riled up. This dude ain't said nothing new. Name one thing Kevin Samuel said that was new. Baby, you getting big. Ain't no man. Your family judge you when you get too big. They judge when you get too old. They judge when you got too many kids. Ain't no man gonna raise all them kids. This ain't nothing new. But when Kevin Samuel said it, it's like he he invented this theory on why it's hard to date and find a suitable mate. Come on now. Get him first. I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. Kevin Samuels calling y'all fast and all that. Now y'all mad. Let's go ahead and close. Three brothers defending Kevin Samuels. I ain't defending Kevin Samuels. I'm just saying this dude ain't saying nothing new. (laughs) I, I hate. I hate seeing our women belittled. I say it all the time. I talk about the when I was talking about the with the the. Not the toxic love. What else? I'm on the like the 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 camp comedies and stuff or the rom coms. Oh, struggle love. Struggle love. I hate seeing it. I I want our women to excel. I want I want better for them. I want better for us. But it's we gotta realize that these things are is happening and happening is happening. It keeps happening. None of this stuff is new. We have to take it. We have to have a real conversation. We have to internalize it and say. Okay, yeah, you're right. That is me. I do do that. We do do that. And until we do, if we just keep getting offended and defending ourselves, we're not going to get anywhere. The shit going to change. Let me, somebody take this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just got something real quick. So a couple episodes first brought up how Band-Aids were um, including diversity with the color of their uh, bandages. 
and uh, I was watching an episode of Shark Tank, and they actually, well, I don't want to say they stole the idea, but mm, they borrowed the idea from um, this couple that started Brownages, and uh, they are doing the same thing as Band-Aid. So whether Band-Aid stole the idea or came up with it on their own, doesn't matter. Band-Aid made plenty of money over the years. I want you guys to support Brownages. Uh, B-R-O-N-D-A-G-E-S, Brownages.com. You need some band. You need some bandages. Hit them up. They have all the different shades uh, of uh, color that you that we need for our skin tones. Uh, so check them out. Hit them up. Support them. You know we support the black people. So hit them up. How do oh. I find out what color uh, uh, brownages I need? Is it like a color guide? Oh, it's a variety pack in each box. So they have all the colors. Um, oh, one one other thing too. We talked enough about Kevin Samuel, so I kind of already said this. I didn't know Fur was going to bring this up, but one of the party shots I was going to say was, ladies, whether you agree with him, us, or disagree, don't let him live rent-free in your head. Like, if you know you disagree with him, you hate his delivery, whatever the case may be, stop watching. Stop watching. I know I just said this, but I just want to reiterate. Don't let anyone... Kevin Samuels, anybody live in your head rent free to where you're posting about him and, and, you know, thinking all men think like him and this is why I'm single. No, no, that's, that's not why you're single, but don't let Kevin, anybody live rent free in your head. Protect your peace. What was that? Ambrosia's Protect your peace bubble. Peace bubble. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, only thing I have, man, is uh, it's Autism Awareness Month or Acceptance Month. They changed it from awareness to acceptance. So Autism Acceptance Month this month, so you, you or this past month because it will drop uh, in May now. But um, just want you guys to make sure that uh, you know you're you're watching out and and not questioning parents. Um, I, I think we do that a lot where. You know, kids having a meltdown, or kids having this, and, and you know, period. Oh, they just need a whooping, or this. You don't know what's going on in those folks' lives, um, and, and what's happening with those kids. And so, we just want with, to be aware and accept uh, those kids and what's happening with them. Uh, and so, you know, any way that you can support, please, please, please go out, volunteer, do what you can, contribute, whatever. Uh, but just, we just wanted to uh, just kind of bring that up and make sure you guys are aware of uh, Autism Acceptance Month. Um, that's all I have for... Oh, what happened, Buff? Oh, this is not Three Brothers related. Joel Embiid is out indefinitely. Wow, Ooh, so that's a six or seven. He has orbital fracture and mild concussion. Gee, when did that happen? I don't know, dog. And like, obviously I want the Heat to win, but not like that. All right, so I think the, what I'm about to ask is just seems very trivial. You guys, you guys made any big purchases this week? <laughs> I plead the no. fifth. I plead the fifth. Okay, maybe you, maybe you bought a couple of pair of shoes. Maybe bought a uh, Del Frisco's franchise. I don't know, <laughs> but I can tell One you what you didn't buy. One of those is true. <laughs> well, I can, I can tell you what you didn't buy. What's that? You didn't buy Twitter. 
How do you buy Twitter? Man, $44 billion. I saw a post that said you can make $200,000 a day since Christopher Columbus hit the United <laughs> States and you still wouldn't have $44 billion. Like, it's crazy the amount of money that $44 billion for one single person to be able to buy something and bring it private as your own. I mean, oligarchs should not exist. I, I, I'm right there with AOC when when she says that. I, I don't think that people over like billionaires and billionaires and billionaires should not exist. They should be taxed to the point where that money should be going somewhere else. I, I don't want to get on my soapbox about that, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely exorbitant. Okay. Um, outside of the, the large purchase, uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Do you think? Um, uh, I don't even know if they're going to allow it. There may be some antitrust type stuff going on with that. Tesla, and he may back out. Tesla drop, had a big drop mm-hmm. off of that because people are anticipating him having to sell Tesla stock to be able to buy it and everything. So he didn't officially buy it. He said he intended to and I guess they signed an in- intent but there's still a whole bunch of stuff before he actually owns it so he doesn't mm-hmm. actually own Twitter right now uh, I think that like a lot of people think that they're like oh uh, Elon went in and he did this and did that and you know took people verified away I'm like he ain't got nothing to do with Twitter right now like <laughs> he can't tell them how to do anything right now so um, I, I there, there's still a chance that it won't happen but, but if it happens yeah I I I, I don't think he's going to get too much into the weeds. He may he may let more people tweet and uh, I, I think not ban as many people and that type of stuff, but it, one, Europe is going to make him do it because if he doesn't, then they're going to pull it and he's not going to be able to use Twitter in Europe. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, the, the countries are going to force his hand. He's going to have to do what, he's, what Twitter's doing now because okay. uh, most of these social media sites didn't have a choice about doing what they did when they started fact checking and everything like that because countries were starting to force them to do it. So, I mean, I, he, he's he's Elon's all talk. He's a he's a marketing genius. He's not like this great businessman that everybody thinks he is. And I I think he's going to get in. He's probably going to do some shake up stuff, but ultimately it's going to settle down and just Twitter's going to be Twitter. Just okay. like it is now. Okay. But um, three brothers, no sense. It was a fun show, fellas. We probably lost a couple of listeners um, this week. But hey, hopefully we'll gain some more next week. <laughs> but once again, shout out to um, Inspire You on Air. Congratulations on being a finalist for the Nappy Awards. Um Three Brothers No Sense, as we said earlier, we are finalists as well for the local podcast um, portion. So we will be opening up voting very soon. Please follow us. If you're listening to us on Inspire You On Air and you want to listen to older podcasts, fellas, tell them where they can find everything. Um, <clears throat> any podcast platform, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and um just put us up three brothers no sense and all the episodes all the past episodes will be there for you to check out if they want merchandise riser where do they go yep three brothers no sense.com okay you can follow us on facebook at three brothers no sense at uh 
Twitter. <laughs> yeah, brother since. E- Elon Musk's Twitter at brother since, and uh, also Instagram uh, three brothers no sense as well. Okay, so once again, three brothers no sense. Six rules of podcasts. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.